The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Our readings this day explore a very old spiritual problem. Exemplifying the issue is Naaman, the great warrior from Aram. At the time of the story, Israel is living in fear of the Arameans who have a superior military force and might come walking in any day and say, this land is our land, see ya. Which is why the king of Israel is worse than nonplussed. He is probably quaking in his sandals when he receives word that Naaman, the head of the Aramean armies, is coming to town, and he wants something. He wants to be healed. So the first thing the king of Israel probably thought was, well, what if it doesn't work? What then? Elisha, the great prophet, the inheritor of his mentor's mantle, Elijah, reminds the king who's really in charge. I don't know if that assuaged the king of Israel or not, but I kind of understand his position. He has responsibilities to his people and the institutions of Israel, and he knows what it takes to keep things going, and he knows when he's met a foe who could stomp all over him. The architects of the lectionary leave out the verses where Naaman thinks he understands how this will work, so he sends beautiful clothes to Elisha. And adding insult to injury, Elisha rejects them, sends them back. This is not 
a transactional arrangement. For Naaman, it doesn't compute. Makes no sense. He is used, like many powerful people throughout history and in his time, he is used to having to buy what he wants and what he needs. And he has plenty to pay for it. And nothing would be greater for him than to be freed of the shame of having a dreaded skin disease, which he probably conceals from all the army, perhaps even from the king of Aram himself. He will pay anything to be healed. And he arrives basically at Elisha's doorstep, and to compound things even more, Elisha doesn't even come out to greet him, to welcome him. Is this how you treat a great warrior, a great man of the time, a man of honor, a man with power, a man who could order up a host of soldiers and march all over the landscape? and take what they wanted? The parallel of the story in the Gospel is about the lepers who are on the fringes of Galilee and Samaria, kind of the mixed-up hinterlands, probably because that's where they found a place they could be safe and left alone. They were outcasts because of their disease. They may not have much to give for their healing, but when Jesus commands them to go and show themselves to the priests, they get it. There's a ritual to be followed. It's like an equation. You put in the right ritual actions, and the right stuff comes out the other end. In this case, healing for them. They might make good Episcopalians. We're good with ritual, right? As I'm often reminded around here, sometimes too good for our own good, if you know what I mean. But if you notice what happens in the story, Luke doesn't say they were healed after they saw the priests. They are healed on the way to see the priests. They didn't do anything to earn this healing. That's the message. Like the message that Naaman gets. And Naaman almost walks away. Remember that he almost thinks that this is not worth his time or his effort. And it is his servants, people of low social standing, who see what's really happening and point out to him, Father, you know, if you had been asked to do something hard, you would have done it. That's how you are. We get that. The prophet understands that too. But now you are being asked to do something humble. Instead of bathing in a grand 
ritual in one of the rivers of which, that you're familiar with, one of the great rivers of your home country, you have to go and bathe in that little trickle in the desert called the Jordan. What would it mean to do something simple? The implication is Naaman has probably spent who knows how much wealth trying to get healed and cured of this disease. So we can almost imagine him grumpily going down to the river and doing what Elisha told him to do. And then his astonishment when, in fact, he is healed at long last. Having been told to do something so simple, it's beneath his dignity and not worth his time. The psalmist reminds us today that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What kind of God do we really have? Do we have a God like the gods of our ancestors who had a particular way of doing things and demanded particular ways of doing things from us? If we go through the right motions and perform the right sacrifices, we'll have everything we want, a good harvest, wealth, a peaceful life, healthy children, Maybe we'll be cured of something that ails us. Maybe we'll receive something and think we deserve it. But this is not how our God works. This is the God who gives and grants before we deserve anything at all. This is the God who heals Naaman despite the fact that he is probably slandering the great prophet Elisha and he menaces God's people. This is the God who grants healing for the lepers even before they have performed the required rituals to be declared clean so that they can re-enter society and re-engage with the life of faith. This is the God who gives life before we even asked for it. The God we don't expect. And so how should we respond? Do we keep learning and studying and working to earn God's favor? message today is quite clear. We can't do that, no matter how hard we try. The radical message is, the favor is already there. Our task then is not to think about earning something, but how to live a life that recognizes a God who made us without our permission or our consent or even being asked. 
who gives us good things each and every day, even if it is just our breath here and now in the moment. And all God asks of us is to be grateful. Jesus commends the Samaritan, the outsider's outsider, the foreigner, the alien in the land, who comes back and recognizes that God has done something profound that he hasn't earned or acted to make happen. And he gives thanks. Naaman has humbled himself enough to bathe in the trickle that's the Jordan and discovers healing and says not only is there a God in Israel, but this is the only God. The God who subverts all of Naaman's obsession with power and authority and honor. And all Naaman can offer is gratitude and praise. That is the message for us this day. Seek this path this week. In a world that is filled with chaos right now and where systems are constantly breaking down, both here and far, we are called to live lives of gratitude. Not because we've earned it, but because we have already received grace upon grace from a God who loves us. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.